Good evening, and welcome to another episode of the Overland Philosopher Podcast. Thank you for joining me. I want to start off by thanking Artemis Overland Hardware in Springfield, Missouri, for always being here since we started in the beginning, sponsoring this podcast and making sure that it happens each week. And I can't tell you how thankful I am to Aaron and uh, for, for just going out on a limb and and having faith in me and sponsoring me every single year that I've done this. And uh, he's opened up a brand new showroom there in Springfield on the East Olive. So look him up or check out ArtemisOverland.com for all your Christmas present needs and anything you want to treat yourself with. That's pretty cool. I want to continue my series on when I backpacked the Ozark Highlands Trail. Uh, started in Moccasin Springs and go to day two uh, now the night was good uh, I slept pretty well uh, I did hear some rustling around in the tent through the woods in the night multiple times my bet it's an arm it was an armadillo but you never know I had my sidearm resting by my head just in case the armadillo became a bear through some form of metamorphosis or something through the night. We had taken the time just before we headed to bed for the night to secure our food high up in a tree via bear bag. We knew the food was safe, but we also knew that the smell would be traveling through the air, seeking the nostrils of every single meat lover. And the chances of us seeing a bear were pretty good, I thought. It was the time of year when bears were stocking up on anything and everything they could eat to prepare for their long winter nap, and I'm sure they were hunting. Now, earlier in the day, backtracking just a little bit, I had turned in pretty early. I was very tired. That was a long trek. We traveled about nine miles, carrying 33 pounds, and I was done. My legs were jelly. My back was cramping. My mind was playing tricks on me, telling I should hitchhike when we made it to the first public road and, and camp out at the car waiting for the others to arrive. Yeah, uh, even though I felt that way, I still set up my tent, donned my jet bowl stash, filled it with water to boil for dinner, drug my chair over to the fire. The other, the other guys had been very gracious to build us a fire, so I was very excited about that. It was our home for the night. It was one of the first flat spots that we had encountered on the Ozark Highlands Trail up to this point. The best part about it was that there was a small area of standing water where we could filter and refill our bottles for the evening and the next morning before we set off. That was one of our biggest worries on this trip. It was my biggest worry anyway. And this was very nice to camp besides water, beside water on the first night of the trip. This time was so cool to me. This was the first time each one of us had unpacked their pack and brought forth the gear packed inside. Tents, sleeping bags, sleeping pads, food, and more and more and more gear emerged with each reach inside of the large packs. What did your pack weigh? James asked Chad as he pulled out his tarp. He was stringing up as he was making this uh, makeshift looking shelter type thingy. Chad responded about 23 pounds. Chad uh, was just flippantly saying that as he bent over uh, one of the poles on his well-used tarp tent. 
I cringed and I was thinking I'd been carrying around at least 10 more pounds than either one of them all day. John also had a tarp tent brand that caught my eye. It was an unusual design and I was very interested. I inquired and listened intently as John explained he had this tent for many years. He had contacted the owner of the company who had subsequently shipped the tent to him to try out and see if he liked it. Now, I thought that was cool. Not a lot of companies will do that. They won't. Tr they don't trust you. They don't know you from Adam. But yet, this guy Tarp Tent did that with John, and John is a good dude. You know, he is a super guy. But this guy didn't know him, and but but you know he did. So John tried it out, he, and then he loved it. He shipped the loaner version back to the owner and ordered one for himself. It was so much roomier than the tiny shelter I had carried around in my pack all day. Yet so unlike the tarp that James was setting up between two trees. So everybody had a different way of living, but that was intriguing to me. Setups ranged from simplicity to complexity and comfort levels seemed to ran the gamut, depending on what they were used to and what they were willing to stand. My tent was easy to set up. It was a 23-0. They don't sell anymore. I got it on clearance and I had done some different things to it to make it where it was the way I liked it. And it was lighter. So I took the poles out. I used trekking poles. I took out the unneeded stakes and the unneeded items that were in there. And I put it in a cinch sack uh, where I could make it pretty small instead of the crappy sack that it came in. I was unnerved at the onset when I realized I needed a few more things to attach to stakes and a few more stakes in order to make it taut as I had wanted. So I guess I had taken out a few too many. My trekking poles held up the ends and the ground was soft enough to push the stakes in the ground so easy that it really took no time at all. By this time, the water was boiling for the mountain house meal I had brought to satisfy my evening hunger. It was about 6.30 p.m. and I starved for calories. The meal bars and the energy gummies that I had scarfed, scarfed down on the trail were long gone by now. I was famished and really felt the exit of calories that had gone out of my body throughout the day. This beef and noodle, whatever it was, was definitely about to do its job and definitely make me feel better. I plopped my rear down in my chair like an elephant that had just crossed the Serengeti. James came over and said, hey, you ever seen one of these? As he popped out a little half pop can that looked like a some kind of a half pop can. Not sure that I have. I replied with eagerness and I wanted to learn. The gear this gear junkie in me was slobbering at the mouth. Already in overload, and, and I could not just get enough. I wanted to see more. He took out a little bottle of clear liquid and poured in it. John asked from across the way, is that heat or PGA? James gave him a smile and shot a little in his mouth, winking at John and shivering off a hardcore alcohol swallow. He took his lighter and lit the clear fluid. A small flame ensued. Pretty cool, I said. But little did I know what was about to take place. Moments later, my eyes popped out of my head in amazement as what looked like a jet engine was firing off in front of me. I made that, James said. We used to have stove making parties at my house, and this is one that I've had for around 15 years. I have to have one of those. Meant to be inside words, but came out of my, fast, my mouth faster than the liquid comes out after drinking one of my spit cups rather than my coffee cup. 
if only I'd had internet where we were at the moment, I would order one right now. John came and sat down on a blow-up cushion next to me, brought out a stove that he had, looked just like a beer can. I never seen anything like this. In fact, it was a beer can stove, and I was, again, staring in amazement as he boiled water in less than two minutes. Pouring the boiling rehydration goodness into his mountain house mill, we compared our choice of entrees for the evening. James was downing some instant potatoes, and Chad was just pulling his water off his jet bowl. The fire crackled and the night sky appeared. The stars were like the sands on the shore of the ocean, so numerous that there was no way to count. The Milky Way was so bright and evident there was no way to miss it. The brightest stars, along with the dimmer ones, lit up the night sky around us. The moon shone so bright we did not even need a headlamp to find our spot outside of camp to relieve ourselves. It was a magical night. Conversations and laughter rang out through the woodlands. We had not seen another person since we had left, but we had so much to talk about among ourselves. It was a good evening of listening to the talks about all that had taken place in their lives and families since they had gotten together the last time, which evidently was several years ago. I could not be happier that I had brought my chair. We have a rule that you can only bring necessities on the trip, but we do allow one non-essential item. My item was my chair. As the other guys rolled over logs or piled up leaves to sit on, I sat here, legs stretched out, arms behind my head, truly resting and giving my body a break. This chair zero from Helinox weighs one pound, and at this point, it was one pound. Well worth it. After an hour or so around the fire, I could feel my eyes getting pretty heavy. My body was sore and craved the horizontal position inside my very small bivy tent. I bid the gents good night and headed over to my little home area. I took out the dude wipes I had purchased for the trip and a new set of clothes out of my pack cubes. I took cover behind my tent because the other guys really did not want to see me naked, I don't think. I stripped down to bare skin. I gave myself a good whore bath, as I call it, and reclothed myself with new attire that did not reek of sweat and campfire. I repacked my pack with everything I had taken from it and organized each item I needed left out underneath the small awning of my tent. I blew up my new sleeping pad and rested it on my sleeping bag that I've had for about 15 years. I placed my weapon inside along with the charger for the Garmin inReach and my phone. I retrieved my water bottle, slammed two Advil PMs along with his equal and laid my head on my amazing little pillow. I can't tell you how good that felt. Within minutes, I was out. I do not remember much except the armadillo and bear rummaging around in the woods near my head, apparently wanting me to cast some lead in his direction. I was more than willing to. Now, the next morning, I woke up to sounds of conversation around the fire. I peeked out my tent to see James and Chad standing around drinking coffee, speaking words and computer programming phases that made my head hurt. With no Google Nut, Google Dictionary at my helm, I decided to lay back down for just a minute and just rest for a few before heading outside into the cold morning air. My sleeping bag was so comfortable. I was not willing to make a quick exit, but I was in a conundrum of sorts. The last thing I wanted was for the guys to have to wait on me. I had spent many afternoons at my home packing and unpacking my pack, setting up my tent, taking it down and organizing it, reorganizing it, unpacking, organizing 
Practice makes perfect, my piano teacher, that I hated because I never practiced, always said. Funny how we change with age. My taste buds change. My love for organization changed. My love for living in a well-kept house has changed. My wardrobe has changed. My hobbies and whatever I want to do with my free time has changed. So here I am, crawling out of my tent, fully clothed, ready to get everything packed up and ready to go. But first, coffee. I strolled over towards the fire and retrieved my food bag the other guys had already brought down from the bear bag contraption for me. It was screaming my name. I still feel as if the calories spent have not come even close to the intake, so I fumble through the, my dehydrated meals. Peaches and cream oatmeal. Now that will hit the spot. I fire up the jet boil, and after a few minutes, I wander over towards the other guys and, and the fire to enjoy my new morning ritual. Learning more about computer programming, eating whatever hot breakfast I can find, and enjoying my coffee. Black. That's the only way to drink coffee. After filtering and refilling my water bottles, I grab my chair and head back to my temporary homestead. Within minutes, I have everything laid out by my pack, ready for entrance, and I am stuffing my tent into its tiny little stuff sack it calls home. Within a few more minutes, I'm clicking the plastic clasp together on my Mystery, Mystery Ranch TerraFrame 65 and sitting it up in the fall leaves ready to go. Snap a pick, of course. John emerged from his tent. Apparently, I did not know that John was a late sleeper and known for being the last one up and the last one ready. The nickname Gonzalez only applied to his rate of speed while on the trails. You're packed up already? You're pretty efficient. James exclaimed as I made my way back over towards the fire. As I laughed, I proceeded to confess my previous statement to them about my fear of being a burden and practicing makes perfect. I continued that I really enjoyed their company and wanted an invitation back on future endeavors. We all got a good laugh out of it as they all began to finish their coffee and pack up their own things, except John. He was just heating up his breakfast. It was not long before we were slinging our packs on and heading east down the trail. We had about a mile to get to the highway. This was where we staged our bucket of water and charging station. I felt good. You know, James had talked most of the day before about how difficult today would be, how tired and sore we would be. I was not looking forward to it, but it seemed as if the Advil had done the trick. My legs felt loose and ready for the day. I believe that my training was good. There was a slight breeze. The sun shone bright. I could not wait to see what today would bring us. It was going to be a good day. Thank you again for listening to the Overland Philosopher Podcast. I hope you have a wonderful week. Stay safe. Drive hard. Live free.